The Haunted Mountain by Robert Howard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Haunted Mountain by Robert Howard. The reason I despise tarantulas, stinging lizards, and hydrophobia skunks is because they reminds me so much of Aunt Lavaca, which my uncle Jacob Grimes married in an absent-minded moment when he was old enough to know better. That there woman's voice plumb puts my teeth on age, and it has the same effect on my horse, Captain Kidd which don't generally shy at nothing less than a rattlesnake. So when she stuck her head out of her cabin as I was riding by and yelled, Breckenridge! Captain Kidd jumped straight up in the air, then tried to buck me off. Stop tormenting that poor animal and come here, Aunt Lavaca commanded, whilst I was fighting for my life against Captain Kidd's spine-twisting sun-fishing. I never see such a cruel, worthless, no good. She kept right on yapping away until I finally wore him down and reined up alongside the cabin stoop and said, What do you want, Aunt Lavaca? She gave me a scornful snort and put her hands on her hips and glared at me like I was something she didn't like the smell of. I want you should go get your Uncle Jacob and bring him home, she said at last. He's off on one of his idiotic prospecting sprees again. He snuck out before daylight with a bay mare and a packed mule. I wished I'd woke up and caught him. I'd have fixed him. If you hustle, you can catch him this side of Haunted Mountain Gap. You bring him back if you have to lasso him and tie him to a saddle. Old fool, off hunting gold when there's work to be did in the alfalfa fields. Says he ain't no farmer. <laughs> I allow I'll make a farmer out of him yet. You get going. But I ain't got time to go chasing Uncle Jacob all over Haunted Mountain, I protested. I'm heading for the rodeo over to Chaud Ear. I'm going to win me a prize, bulldogging some steers. Bulldogging, she snapped. A fine occupation. Go on, you worthless loafer. I ain't going to stand here all day arguing with a big ninny like you be, of all the good-for-nothing, trifling, lunk-headed. When Aunt Lavaca starts in like that, you might as well travel. She can talk steady for three days and nights without repeating herself, her voice getting louder and shriller all the time till it nigh splits a body's eardrums. She was still yelling at me as I rode up the trail toward Haunted Mountain Gap, and I could hear her long after I couldn't see her no more. Poor Uncle Jacob. He never had much luck prospecting. But trailing around through the mountains with a jackass is a lot better than listening to Aunt Lavaca. A jackass's voice is mild and soothing alongside of hers. Some hours later I was climbing the long rise that led up to the gap, and I realized I'd overtook the old coot when something went ping up the slope, and my hat flew off. 
I quickly reined Captain Kidd behind a clump of brush and looked up toward the gap and seen a pack mule's rear end sticking out of a cluster of boulders. "'You quit that shooting at me, Uncle Jacob!' I roared. "'You stay where you be!' his voice came back sharp as a razor. "'I know Lavaki sent you after me, but I ain't going home. I'm on to something big at last, and I don't aim to be interfered with.' "'What you mean?' I demanded. "'Keep back, or I'll ventilate you,' he promised. "'I'm going for the lost haunted mine.' "'You've been hunting that thing for thirty years,' I snorted. "'This time I finds it,' he says. "'I bought a map off on a drunk Max down to perdition. "'One of his ancestors was an engine which helped pile up the rocks "'to hide the mouth of the cave where it is.' "'Why didn't he go find it and get the gold?' I asked. "'He's scared of ghosts,' said Uncle Jacob. "'All Maxes is awful superstitious.' This and I'd rather set and drink, nohow. They's millions in gold in that there mine. I'll shoot you before I'll go home. Now will you go on back peaceable, or will you throw in with me? I might need you in case the pack mule plays out. I'll come with you, I said, impressed. Maybe you have got something at that. Put up your Winchester. I'm coming. He emerged from his rocks, a skinny, leathery old cuss, and he said, "'What about Lavaki? If you don't come back with me, she'll follow us herself. She's that strong-minded.' "'I'll leave a note for her,' I said. "'Joe Hopkins always comes down through the gap once a week on his way to Chaudier. He's due through here today. I'll stick the note on a tree where he'll see it and take it to her.' I had a pencil stub in my saddlebag, and I tore a piece of wrapping paper off in a can of tomatoes Uncle Jacob had in his pack, and I writ, Dear Aunt Lavaca, I am taking Uncle Jacob way up in the mountains. Don't try to follow us. It won't do no good. Gold is what I'm after. Breckenridge. I folded it and writ on the outside. Dear Joe, please take this here note to Ms. Lavaca Grimes on the Chod Ear Road. Then me and Uncle Jacob sought out for the higher ranges, and he started telling me all about the lost haunted mine again, like he'd already did about forty times before. Seems like they was once an old prospector which stumbled onto a cave about fifty years before then, which the walls was solid gold, and nuggets all over the floor till a body couldn't walk, as big as mushmelons. But the Indians jumped him and run him out, and he got lost and nearly starved in the desert, and went crazy. When he'd come to a settlement and finally regained his mind, he tried to lead a party back to it, but never could find it. Uncle Jacob said the Indians had took rocks and brush and hid the mouth of the cave so nobody could tell it was there. I asked him how he knowed the Indians done that, and he said it was common knowledge. Any fool ought to know that's just what they done. This here mine, says Uncle Jacob, is located in a hidden valley which lies away up amongst the high ranges. I ain't never seen it, and I thought I'd explored these mountains plenty. 
Ain't nobody more familiar with them than me except old Joshua Braxton. But it stands to reason that the cave is awful hard to find or somebody'd already found it. According to this here map, that lost valley must lie just beyond Apache Canyon. Ain't many white men knows where that is, even. We're headed there. We had left the gap far behind us and was moving along the slanting side of a sharp-angled crag whilst he was talking. As we passed it, we seen two figures with horses emerge from the other side, headed in the same direction we was. So our trails converged. Uncle Jacob glared and reached for his Winchester. "'Who's that?' he snarled. "'The big un's Bill Glanton,' I said. "'I never seen t'other'n. "'And nobody else outside of a freak museum,' growled Uncle Jacob. "'This other fellow was a funny-looking little maverick with laced boots and a cork sun-helmet and big spectacles. "'He sawed his horse like he thought it was a rockin' chair and held his reins like he was trying to fish with them. Glanton hailed us. He was from Texas, original, and was rough in his speech and free with his weapons. But me and him had always got along very well. "'Where are you all going?' demanded Uncle Jacob. "'I am Professor Van Brock of New York,' said the tenderfoot, whilst Bill was getting rid of his tobacco wad. I have employed Mr. Glanton here to guide me up into the mountains. I am on the track of a tribe of aborigines which, according to fairly well-substantiated rumor, have inhabited the haunted mountains since time immemorial. "'Listen here, you four-eyed runt,' said Uncle Jacob in wrath. "'Are you giving me the horse laugh?' "'I assure you that equine levity is the furthest thing from my thoughts,' says Van Brock. Whilst touring the country in the interests of science, I heard the rumors to which I have referred. In a village possessing the singular appellation of Chod Ear, I met an aged prospector who told me that he had seen one of the aborigines, clad in the skin of a wild animal and armed with a bludgeon. The wild man, he said, emitted a most peculiar and piercing cry when sighted and fled into the recesses of the hills. I am confident that it is some survivor of a pre-Indian race, and I am determined to investigate. They ain't no such critter in these hills, snorted Uncle Jacob. I've roamed all over em for thirty year, and I ain't seen no wild man. Well, says Glanton, they's something unnatural up there, cause I've been hearing some funny yarns myself. I never thought I'd be hunting wild men, he says. But since that hash-slinger in perdition turned me down to elope with a traveling salesman, I welcomes the chance to lose myself in the mountains and forget the perfidy of womankind. What you all doing up here? Prospecting? he said, glancing at the tools on the mule. Not in earnest, said Uncle Jacob hurriedly. We're just kind of whiling away our time. There ain't no gold in these mountains. "'Folks say that lost haunted mine is up here somewhere,' said Glanton. "'A pack of lies,' snorted Uncle Jacob, busting into a sweat. "'Ain't no such mine. Well, Breckenridge, let's be shovin'. Gotta make Antelope Peak before sundown.' "'I thought we was goin' to Apache Canyon,' I says. And he give me an awful glare, and said, "'Yes, Breckenridge, that's right. Antelope Peak, just like you said.' So long, gents. So long, said Glanton, 
so we turned off the trail almost at right angles to our course, me following Uncle Jacob bewilderedly. When we was out of sight of the others, he reined around again. When nature gave you the body of a giant Breckenridge, he said, she plumb forgot to give you any brains to go along with your muscles. You want everybody to know what we're looking for? Ah, uh, I said them fellas is just looking for wild men. Wild men, he snorted. They don't have to go no further than Chaudier on payday night to find more wild men than they can handle. I ain't swallowing no such stuff. Gold is what they're after, I tell you. I seen Clanton talking to that Max in perdition the day I bought the map from him. I believe they either got wind of that mine or know I got that map, or both. What you gonna do? I asked him. Head for Apache Canyon by another trail, he said. So we done so, and arrived there after night, him not willing to stop till we got there. It was deep, with big high cliffs cut with ravines and gulches here and there, and very wild in appearance. We didn't descend into the canyon that night, but camped on a plateau above it. Uncle Jacob loud we'd begin exploring next morning. He said there were lots of caves in the canyon, and he'd been in all of them. He said he hadn't never found nothing except bars and painters and rattlesnakes, but he believed one of them caves went on through to another hidden canyon, and there was where the gold was at. Next morning I was awoke by Uncle Jacob shaking me, and his whiskers was curling with rage. What's the matter? I demanded, setting up, pulling my guns. They're here, he squalled. Doggone it, I suspected them all the time. Get up, you big lunk. Don't sit there gawping with a gun in each hand like an idiot. They're here, I tell you. Who's here, I asked. That dern tenderfoot and his cussed Texas gunfighter, snarled Uncle Jacob. I was up just at daylight, and pretty soon I seen a wisp of smoke curling up from behind a big rock the other side of the flat. I snuck over there, and there was Clanton frying bacon, and Van Brock was pretending to be looking at some flowers with a magnifying glass. The blame fake. He ain't no professor. I bet he's a dern crook. They're follering us. They aim to murder us and rob us of my map. Ah, Glanton wouldn't do that, I said. And Uncle Jacob said, You shut up. A man'll do anything where gold is concerned. Dang it all, get up and do something. Are you gonna sit there, you big lummox, and let us get murdered in our sleep? That's the trouble with being the biggest man in your clan. The rest of the family always dumps all the unpleasant jobs onto your shoulders. I pulled on my boots and headed across the flat with Uncle Jacob's war songs ringing in my ears, and I didn't notice whether he was bringing up the rear with his Winchester or not. There was a scattering of trees on the flat, and about halfway across a figure emerged from amongst them, headed my direction with fire in his eye. It was Glanton. So, you big mountain grizzly, he greeted me rambunctiously. You was going to Antelope Peak, eh? Kind of got off the road, didn't you? Oh, we're on to you, we are. What you mean, I demanded. He was acting like he was the one which ought to feel righteously indignant instead of me. You know what I mean, he says, frothing slightly at the mouth. 
I didn't believe it when Van Brock first said he suspicioned you, even though you hombres did act funny yesterday when we met you on the trail. But this morning, when I glimpsed your fool Uncle Jacob spying on our camp, and then seen him sneaking off through the brush, I knowed Van Brock was right. You're after what we're after, and you all resorts to dirty, underhanded tactics. Does you deny you're after the same thing we are? No, I don't, I said. Uncle Jacob's got more right to it than you all. And when you says we use underhanded tricks, you're a liar. That settles it, gnashed he. Go for your gun. I don't want to perforate you, I growled. I ain't hankering to conclude your mortal career, he admitted. But Haunted Mountain ain't big enough for both of us. Take off your guns and I'll maul the livin' daylights out of you, big as you be. I unbuckled my gun belt and hung it on a limb, and he laid off his'n and hit me in the stomach and on the ear and in the nose. Then he socked me in the jaw and knocked out a tooth. This made me mad, so I'd taken him by the neck and throwed him against the ground so hard it jolted all the wind out of him. I then sawed on him and started banging his head against the convenient boulder, and his cussin' was terrible to hear. If you all had acted like white men, I gritted, we'd a give you a share in that there mine. What you talking about? he gurgled, trying to haul his buoy out of his boot, which I had my knee on. The lost haunted mine, of course, I snarled, getting a fresh grip on his ears. Hold on, he protested. You mean you all are just looking for gold on the level? I was so astonished I quit hammering his skull against the rock. Why, what else? I demanded. Ain't you all follerin' us to steal Uncle Jacob's map which shows whereat the mine is hid? Get off of me, he snorted disgustfully, taking advantage of my surprise to push me off. Hell, he said, and starting to knock the dust off his breeches. I might have knowed that tenderfoot was wool-gatherin'. After we seen you all yesterday and he heard you mention Apache Canyon, he told me he believed you was follerin' us. He said that yarn about prospectin' was just a blind. He said he believed you was workin' for a rival scientific society to get ahead of us and capture that there wild man yourselves. What? I said. You mean that wild man yarn is straight? So far as we're concerned, said Bill, prospectors has been tellin' some unusual stories about a patchy canyon. Well, I laughed at him at first that he kept on using so many forty-five caliber words that he got me to believe in it might be so. Cause, after all, here was me guiding the tenderfoot on the trail of a wild man, and they wasn't no reason to think you and Jacob Grimes was any more sensible than me. Then this morning when I seen Joab peeking at me from the brush, I decided Van Brock must be right. You all hadn't never went to Antelope Peak. The more I thought it over, the more certain I was you was follerin' us to steal our wild man. So I started over to have a showdown. Well, I said, we've reached an understanding at last. You don't want our mine, and we sure don't want your wild man. 
They's plenty of them amongst my relatives on Bear Creek. Let's get Van Brock and lug him over to our camp and explain things to him and my weak-minded uncle. All right, said Glanton, buckling on his guns. Hey, what's that? From down in the canyon came a yell. Help! Aid! Assistance! It's Van Brock, yelped Glanton. He's wandered down into the canyon by himself. Come on. Right near their camp, there was a ravine leading down to the floor of the canyon. We pelted down that at full speed and emerged near the wall of the cliffs. There was the black mouth of a cave showing nearby in a kind of cleft, and just outside this cleft Van Brock was staggering around, yowling like a hound dog with his tail caught in the door. His cork helmet was lying on the ground, all bashed out of shape, and his spectacles was lying near it. He had a knob on his head as big as a turnip, and he was doing a kind of ghost dance or something all over the place. He couldn't see very good without his specs, because when he sighted us he gave a shriek and started legging it for the other end of the canyon, seeming to think we was more enemies. Not wanting to indulge in no sprint in that heat, Bill shot a heel off his boot, and that brought him down, squalling blue murder. Help! he shrieked. Mr. Glanton, help! I am being attacked! Help! Ah, shut up, snorted Bill. I'm Glanton. You're all right. Give him his specs, Breck. Now, what's the matter? He put them on, gasping for breath, and staggered up, wild-eyed, and pointed at the cave, and hollered, the wild man i saw him as i descended into the canyon on a private exploring expedition a giant with a panther skin about his waist and a club in his hand he dealt me a murderous blow with a bludgeon when i sought to apprehend him and fled into that cavern he should be arrested i looked into the cave it was too dark to see anything except for a hoot owl he must have saw something breck said glanton hitching his gun harness Something sure cracked him on the conk. I've been hearing some queer tales about this canyon myself. Maybe I'd better sling some lead in there. No, 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 broke in Van Brock. We must capture him alive. What's going on here? said a voice, and we turned to see Uncle Jacob approaching with his Winchester in his hands. Everything's all right, Uncle Jacob, I said. They don't want your mine. They're after the wild man, like they said and we got him cornered in that there cave. All right, huh, he snorted. I reckon you thinks it's all right for you to waste your time with such darn foolishness when you ought to be helping me look for my mine. A big help you be. Where was you whilst I was arguing with Bill here, I demanded. I knowed you could handle the situation, so I started exploring the canyon, he said. Come on, we got work to do. "'But the wild man!' cried Van Brock. "'Your nephew would be invaluable in securing the specimen. "'Think of science! Think of progress! Think of—' "'Think of a striped skunk!' snorted Uncle Jacob. "'Breckenridge, are you coming?' "'Ah, shut up!' I said disgustedly. "'You both make me tired. "'I'm going in there and run that wild man out.' And, Bill, you shoot him in the hind leg when he comes out so's we can catch him and tie him up. But you left your guns hanging on to that limb up on the plateau, objected Glanton. 
I don't need him, I said. Didn't you hear Van Brock say we was to catch him alive? If I started shooting in the dark, I might ruin him. All right, says Bill, cocking his six shooters. Go ahead. I figure you're a match for any wild man that ever come down the pike. So I went into the cleft and entered the cave, and it was dark as all get out. I groped my way along and discovered the main tunnel split into two, so I'd taken the biggest one. It seemed to get darker the further I went, and pretty soon I bumped into something big and hairy, and it went whoop and grabbed me. Thinks I, it's the wild man, and he's on the warpath. We waded into each other, tumbled around on the rocky floor in the dark, biting and mauling and tearing. I'm the biggest and fightinest man on Bear Creek, which is famed far and wide for its ring-tailed scrappers. But this wild man sure give me my hands full. He was the biggest, hairiest critter I ever laid hands on, and he had more teeth and talons than I thought a human could possibly have. He chawed me with vigor and enthusiasm, and he waltzed up and down my frame free and hearty, and swept the floor with me till I was groggy. For a while I thought I was going to give up the ghost, and I thought with despair how humiliated my relatives on Bear Creek would be to hear their champion battler had been clawed to death by a wild man in a cave. That made me plumb ashamed for weakening, and the socks I give to him ought to laid out any man, wild or tame, to say nothing of the pile-driver kicks in his belly, and button him with my head so he gasped. I got what felt like an ear in my mouth, and commenced chawing on it, and presently, what with this and other mayhem I committed on him, he give a most inhuman squall, and bust away and went lickety-split for the outside world. I riz up and staggered after him, hearing a wild chorus of yells break forth outside, but no shots. I bust out into the open, bloody all over and my clothes hanging in tatters. Where is he? I hollered. Did you let him get away? Who? said Glanton, coming out from behind a boulder, whilst Van Brock and Uncle Jacob dropped down out of a tree nearby. The wild man, damn it! I roared. We ain't seen no wild man, said Glanton. Well, what was that thing I'd just run out of the cave, I hollered. That was a grizzly bar, said Glanton. Yeah, sneered Uncle Jacob, and that was Van Brock's wild man. And now, Breckenridge, if you're through playing, we'll... No, no, hollered Van Brock, jumping up and down. It was a human being which smote me and fled into the cavern, not a bear. It is still in there somewhere, unless there is another exit to the cavern. Well, he ain't in there now, said Uncle Jacob, peering into the mouth of the cave. Not even a wild man would run into a grizzly's cave, or if he did, he wouldn't stay long. Oof! A rock come whizzing out of the cave and hit Uncle Jacob in the belly, and he doubled up on the ground. Aha! I roared, knocking up Glanton's ready six-shooter. I know. There's two tunnels in there. He's in the smaller cave. I went into the wrong one. Stay here, you all, and give me room. This time I gets him. 
With that, I rushed into the cave mouth again, disregarding some more rocks which emerged, and plunged into the smaller opening. It was dark as pitch, but I seemed to be running along a narrow tunnel, and ahead of me I heard bare feet pattern on the rock. I followed them at full lope and presently seen a faint hint of light. The next minute I rounded a turn and come out into a wide place, which was lit up by a shaft of light coming in through a cleft in the wall, some yards up. In the light I seen a fantastic figure climbing up on a ledge, trying to reach that cleft. Come down off of that, I thundered, and give a leap and grabbed the ledge by one hand and hung on, and reached for his legs with the other hand. He give a squall as I grabbed his ankle and splintered his club over my head. The force of the lick broke off the lip of the rock ledge I was holding on to, and we crashed to the floor together, because I didn't let loose of him. Fortunately, I hit the rock floor head first, which broke my fall, and kept me from fracturing any of my important limbs, and his head hit my jaw, which rendered him unconscious. I riz up and picked up my limp captive and carried him out into the daylight where the others was waiting. I dumped him on the ground, and they stared at him like they couldn't believe it. He was a gaunt old cuss with whiskers about a foot long and matted hair, and he had a mountain lion's hide tied around his waist. A white man, enthused Van Brock, dancing up and down. An unmistakable Caucasian. This is stupendous. A prehistoric survivor of a pre-Indian epoch. What an aid to anthropology. A wild man, a veritable wild man. Wild man, hell, snorted Uncle Jacob. That there's old Joshua Braxton, which was trying to marry that old maid school teacher down at Chaudier all last winter. I was trying to marry her, said Joshua bitterly, setting up suddenly and glaring at all of us. That there is good, that there is, and me all the time fighting for my life against it. Her and all her relations was trying to marry her to me. They made my life a curse. They was finally all set to kidnap me and marry me by force. That's why I come away off up here and put on this rig to scare folks away. All I craves is peace and quiet, and no dern women. Van Brock began to cry because there wasn't no wild man, and Uncle Jacob said, Well, now that this dern foolishness is settled, maybe I can get to something important. Joshua, you know these mountains even better than I do. I want you to help me find the lost haunted mine. There ain't no such mine, said Joshua. That old prospector imagined all that stuff whilst he was wandering around over the desert crazy. But I got a map I bought from a Mexican in perdition, hollered Uncle Jacob. Let me see that map, said Glanton. Why, hell, he said, that there's a fake. I seen that Mexican drawing it and he said he was going to try to sell it to some old jassic for the price of a drunk. Uncle Jacob sat down on a rock and pulled his whiskers. My dreams is bust, he said weakly. I'm going home to my wife. You must be desperate if it's come to that, said old Joshua acidly. You better stay up here. If there ain't no gold, there ain't no women to torment a body either. 
"'Women is a snare and a delusion,' agreed Glanton. "'Van Brock can go back with these fellers. "'I'm staying with Joshua.' "'You all ought to be ashamed talking about women that way,' I reproached him. "'What, in this here lousy and troubled world, "'can compare to women's gentle sweetness?' "'There the scoundrel is!' screeched a familiar voice. "'Don't let him get away! Shoot him if he tries to run!' We turned sudden. We'd been arguing so loud amongst ourselves we hadn't noticed a gang of folks coming down the ravine. There was Aunt Lavaca and the sheriff of Chaudier with ten men, and they all pinted sawed-off shotguns at me. "'Don't get rough, Elkins,' warned the sheriff nervously. "'They're all loaded with buckshot and tenpenny nails. "'I knows your reputation, and I takes no chances. "'I arrest you for the kidnapping of Jacob Grimes.' "'Are you plumb crazy?' I demanded. "'Kidnapping!' hollered Aunt Lavac, waving a piece of paper. "'Abducting your poor old uncle, aiming to hold him for ransom.' It's all writ down in your own handwriting here on this here paper, says you're taking Jacob away off into the mountains, warning me not to try to foller, same as threatening me. I never heard of such doings. Soon as that good-for-nothing Joe Hopkins brung me that there insolent letter, I went right after the sheriff. Joshua Braxton? What are you doing in them undecent togs? My lands, I don't know what we're coming to. Well, Sheriff, what you standing there for like a ninny? Why don't you put some handcuffs and chains and shackles on him? Are you scared of the big lunkhead? Aw, oh, heck, I said, this is all a mistake. I warn't threatening nobody in that there letter. "'Then where's Jacob?' she demanded. "'Produce him immediately, or—' "'He ducked into that cave,' said Glanton. "'I stuck my head in and roared, "'Uncle Jacob, you come out of there and explain "'before I come in after you.' "'He snuck out, looking meek and downtrodden, "'and I says, "'You tell these idiots that I ain't no kidnapper.' That's right, he said. I brung him along with me. Hell, said the sheriff disgustedly. Have we come all this way on a wild goose chase? I should have knew better than to listen to a woman. You shit your fool mouth, squalled Aunt Lavaca. A fine sheriff you be. Anyway, what was Breckenridge doing up here with you, Jacob? He was helping me look for a mine, Lavaki he said. Helping you, she screeched, why I sent him to fetch you back. Breckenridge Elkins, I'll tell your pap about this, you big lazy, good-for-nothing, low-down ornery. Ah, shut up, I roared, exasperated beyond endurance. I seldom lets my voice go its full blast. Echoes rolled through the canyon like thunder, the trees shook and the pine cones fell like hail, and rocks tumbled down the mountainsides. Aunt Lavaca staggered backwards with an outraged squall. Jacob, she hollered, 
are you going to allow that ruffian to use that there tone of voice to me? I demands you flail the living daylights out of that scoundrel right now. Uncle Jacob winked at me. Now, now, Lavacky, he started soothing her, and she gave him a clip under the ear which changed ends with him. The sheriff and his posse and Van Brock took out up the ravine like the devil was after him, and Glanton bit off a chaw at a backer and said to me, he says, Well, what was you fixin' to say about woman's gentle sweetness? Nothing, I snarled. Come on, let's get goin'. I yearns to find a more quiet and secluded spot than this hearin. I'm staying with Joshua and you and the grizzly. End of the Haunted Mountain